Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. You're chopping it up with Chuck, and we are here today speaking with Mo Beagle, the president of WAFBA. We are for better alternatives, which includes producing the biggest and baddest hemp expo in the world, the NOCO Hemp Expo, the Southern Hemp Expo, the Silver Mountain Hemp Guitars, and the Let's Talk Hemp Media Platform. Did I get all that right, Mo? Yeah, pretty much so. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Oh, yeah, not too bad, man. I'm just uh, I'm hanging in there like a hubcap in the fast lane. You know, we've got a <laughs> we got a lot of stuff going on right now, and uh, it's it's um, you got to be on your toes to keep up with everything. You know, with the events and uh, just everything that's going on right now. Yeah, kind of crazy times. I wasn't expecting this going into. Uh, the second quarter of 2020. It wasn't on my radar actually. And I, maybe I just had a blind spot. Yeah. We're recording this on April 1st, 2020. What did you think you'd be doing on this date before all this happened? I would still be in recovery mode from NOCO <laughs> Hemp Expo, which would have happened this last weekend. That's right. That's right. That is, um, it, it's true. You guys are, are the biggest, baddest hemp expo on uh, the face of the earth, right? Pretty much so at this point. We've uh, done a great job. Uh, you know, I would just say that the industry has grown and we were in the right place at the right time, providing a platform for the entire industry to come together and, and grow together. We started in 2014. We were going into year seven this year, and we're still going into year seven because we just had to kick the can down the road until August. Fortunately, we got the opportunity to, to do a real reschedule and postponement and give our exhibitors and our participants over two weeks to, to adjust their schedules and get ready for what, you know, what we're in the middle of right now, and that's a lockdown pandemic lockdown. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is such a, well, this industry, you know, the hemp industry, the cannabis industry, I mean, events are such a big part of it, right? Uh, there's restrictions on advertising, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the way a lot of business gets done is at these events and uh, with, with not having any events, I mean, nothing across the country for the past, you know, few weeks and, and into the foreseeable, at least the next few weeks, um, how does that uh, how does that position your exhibitors, your sponsors, you know, all the major players in the industry, um, you know, in lieu of no events? It's a challenge for sure. I was talking to Chris Walsh from MJ Biz, and it's the same thing. Whether hemp cannabis, it's all cannabis, and there's so many businesses that rely on whether it's NOCO or MJ Biz, and these big events to really get together and do business. It's their main outlet for marketing. So, and right now we're going into planting season and in genetics companies that are trying to move seeds and clones and, and farmers that are trying to have conversations and meet those people face to face. Now it's a lot more challenging. So it's interesting, you know, fortunately, cannabis people, farmers, they're pretty resourceful and we're going to find a way to still connect. 
And I, you know, it seems it's going to have to be the virtual route for a while. And we're jumping into the virtual space. We're going to be putting on a conference and a virtual trade show here in a few weeks. So we're, we're entering that space and we have to pivot. We have to adjust and the show must go on, whether it's in person or in the cloud. Yeah, you got that right. Um, re- resourceful, resilient, and I would definitely say innovative. You know, the people that are uh, are driving the hemp industry, cannabis industry forward. How, how did you get started with all of this? Because it seems like you're positioned in a really, really good place to be uh, because hemp is going to do nothing but just grow. Right. <laughs> it's just going to be growing. Like we, I mean, it's going to spread, right? Uh, more and more states and, and more uses and everything like that. How did you get started? So I come from the music industry and I, I got into the music industry in the late eighties. I worked for a large music and video distributor and was in Atlanta for five years and then California for four years. And then I moved back to Colorado, which is where I grew up. And I moved to Fort Collins. I started my own record company, production company. And in the beginning, back when I moved to Fort Collins, there was a store called The Emperor Wears No Clothes, which uh, was a knockoff of The Emperor Wears No Clothes, uh, the Jack Hare book, which I read because the owner had that book in her store. And I, I learned about hemp for food and hemp rope and clothing. And so I got kind of... Uh, basic education back in the mid nineties about it, but I was in the music industry and I really didn't become a hempster. Um, I did do some hemp hats and hemp shirts for some of the bands I was working with, but I really didn't jump in until amendment 64. I had got my medical card, I think in like 2009, 2010. So I was a medical cannabis user. Um, I've been a cannabis user for a long time. I don't believe anybody should be in jail because of this plant. But when amendment 64 happened, there was an opportunity to start growing hemp and I saw, you know, it's like, man, the hemp industry, you know, we were doing hemp hats and hemp, um, hemp shirts and stuff like that back in the nineties. And so we just decided the music thing for me at that time had really kind of fizzled out. I was a label doing physical media products, CDs and, and printing and the digital wave had just kind of killed the physical media business. And I was looking to transition and it just, it just kind of happened. Here comes legal recreational adult use cannabis with hemp in the same legislation and so we started a hemp merchandise company doing t-shirts and hats and then i found a hemp paper company and we started doing business cards and posters and then we launched noco hemp expo and started doing events and and here we are 10 12 brands later yeah so you were you started out you were just hemp curious I was you were just, yeah, you're like, this is kind of cool. And, uh, uh, and then all of a sudden, when was the first, uh, NOCO hemp expo? 2014. Hmm. So why did you go the direction of hemp and not uh, cannabis? You know, when you saw kind of how everything was going, did you just feel more, I don't know, um, drawn to the hemp hemp side of it? For sure. The, the recreational use side of it, I, in, I mean, I use it just like, well, I started to use it more medically. I had a back surgery back in 2001 and then was on Vicodin and Percocet and relapse stuff. And you start taking that stuff and you start drinking a bottle of wine or drinking whiskey with that stuff. And then you can really kind of fuck yourself up. So it's like, yeah. you know, I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, so I started using it more medicinally and which I found 
great relief from. But I just never had any desire to get into the, the weed business. I was more drawn to the clothing side and the building materials and bioplastics and all the cool things that hemp could actually change the world with rather than smoking weed. So that, that was kind of my take on it. Yeah. I mean, people get pulled into whatever direction I think aligns with them and, you know, what makes the most sense. And you start talking about purpose and why people do what they do. And, 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 you know, it just feels right. Um, so what, <laughs> what can you do with hemp? I bet you, you've got like a list, uh, like a laundry list. That's, uh, uh, like a CVS receipt of what hemp can do. Um, because it can do just about everything. Can it? It can do all kinds of things. You know, they say you can, you know, anything that fossil fuel can do that, you know, or a hydrocarbon can be done with a carbohydrate, which would be a plant-based alternative. So virtually you can do, I theoretically, you could do everything that petroleum could do, everything that cotton could do, most everything that corn could do, most everything the soy can do. So you look at all the different various ingredients that can go into the food side of things or the nutraceutical and supplement side of things, and then into the industrial uses for building materials and plastics and composites and textiles and paper and packaging. Um, there's a, just a lot of stuff that it can do. You know, yeah, paints, could you um, sugar replacements, uh, varnishes, just all kinds of stuff. It, could you build a house, like a whole house, out of hemp? Pretty much. I mean, maybe not the windows, yeah, but I don't you know, think the, there would be. That's going to need some structural reinforcement. Okay, but uh, you know, most everything in the house could be made with hemp or hemp with as an ingredient in whatever part of it it is. So. And you couldn't say that with just any other plant. Like if I said, could we make a whole house out of, you know, cotton or could we make a whole house out of, you know what I mean? Like it not would. To, not that I'm aware of. There's probably some other plants that you could do the same thing with. I think canaf and flax are similar in makeup and in uses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, bamboo. It's just, I, it's just amazing how many uses it has, how, how, uh, uh, you know, easy it, it, is it easy to grow? Yeah, it's pretty easy to grow. You know, I think it depends on your climate and your soil. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they say that, oh, it doesn't need pesticides and fungicides and all this. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, you know, it's still crop. It's still, you still have to do farming and none of that stuff is really easy. Gotcha. And is the U.S., uh, where are we compared to like other places in the world with growing hemp as far as like the technology and the ability and everything like that? What are the what are the bigger places where they're growing it or have been growing it? Uh, China? Are they, are they growing yeah. it in Asia? So China is primarily the textile hub of the world where all your apparel and and your textiles, upholstery type stuff would come. Um, Europe has some of that, but they they do food and they do the CBD and they do bioplastics and building materials. And you have Dunagro and hemp flax over there that have been pioneering since the mid nineties and creating a lot of the building material side of things and the biocomposites. And they're providing materials for Audi and BMW with their car paneling and trim and various things there. Um, They've also got the food side of it. They've got the CBD side of it. Canada is really food driven. 
they've had some fiber industry up there, but it's really been a food, grain, oil-driven side of, of the plant. Hmm. And here in the U.S., we've been primarily CBD. We're lagging in the fiber technology. Um, there's some grain stuff going on. Grain technology is pretty standard all over the place. But you're going to see us shift here in the United States. There's so much, uh, so much CBD material out there that there's just an oversupply and we need, need, need to be growing this plant for the, the fiber side of it and the grain side of it and really the entire plant side of it rather than 80 to 90 percent of it being grown for CBD. So did that, did the farm bill, was that really a game changer for, for the hemp industry? I think it was definitely a game changer, but there's still a ways to go. We still need to get real good clarification from the FDA until that happens. There's still going to be this murkiness. Hopefully yeah. that comes this year. I don't know if coronavirus will derail some of the emphasis of getting that done because everybody's attention and resources are directed towards the pandemic. Um, USDA still has clarification to do. They put out their interim regulations, which have got a fair amount of pushback on different things, and there's going to be modifications there. Um, but the Farm Bill definitely legitimized it. People are still a bit skittish until the FDA really comes through and says how they're going to regulate CBD. And they're going to, and, and it needs to happen. We just need yeah. to have clarity, and hopefully it's sensible regulation. I like how you mentioned murky. murky. That's a great word to describe, <laughs> you know, what's going on in this. There's not a better word out there than that. You know, it's murky, not a gray area. It is. Um, well, I tell you what, this, this is great. I, I'm going to want to talk to you more about CBD. I'm going to want to talk to you about how coronavirus has uh, affected the hemp industry. And also I'm going to make sure that we uh, talk to you about Let's Talk Hemp right after this break from one of our sponsors. So we'll be right back. Well, I hope you're enjoying today's episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Razzle. Now, Razzle is a business platform focused on the cannabis industry. Whether you're an investor, whether you're a member of a startup, a service provider, Razzle is the perfect place to go. They can be found at W-R-A-Z-E-L. Dot com. Make sure to also check out their social media channels. They're very active on them, especially on their YouTube channel. Definitely recommend that. Without further ado, let's return to the episode. Hey, everybody, we're back with Cannabis Tech Talks. You are chopping it up with Chuck, and I'm here with Mo Beagle, uh, and we are talking about hemp. We're talking about hemp events, um, and I wanted to ask you about CBD. Is CBD still as hot as it was maybe, I don't know, a year ago? What's kind of the state of the state with CBD right now? I would say it's still gaining ground and growing in the marketplace. That's good. I would say that it's lost its luster to some degree, to a fair degree, within the industry of those that have been in doing it the last five years. I, I think there's a, a saturation of smaller CBD companies out there and it's going to be tough for a lot of them to survive. Even with the growing marketplace, there's just so much 
available product out there now, the prices have dropped significantly, and I think they're going to continue to come down. It's going to be hard for a lot of people to survive with the margins the way they're going to be. Wow. And uh, so it looks like the price of oil is going down all across the board. Um, so like is it fossil is fuel it, oil? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. We got, I think I saw it was like $20 a barrel or something like that. And everybody's uh, uh, stuck at home. So nobody's driving. Yeah. Well, evidently Trump's going to fill up the coffers as full as he can. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> hey, 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 Mikey, just throw it on the card. We're going to stock up on gas right now. Well, it's cheap. We're going to have more gas than anybody else. <laughs> The best gas, the finest gas. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, what what about um, what about the snake oil element of of CBD? And I'm you know I'm not trying to to bring up anything that's you know bad per se, but um, you know we there was I just saw someone uh, an NFL player who I think he owns a CBD company, and he came out and said that uh, uh, he was posting it, and I think it's even on their website that CBD cures coronavirus. Um, there's a lot of claims out there about CBD, what it does, what it doesn't do. It kind of goes back to what, what you were saying, that word murky. Um, how, how can the industry help police itself and make sure that uh, claims that are being made about CBD and what it can do um, isn't you know, a bunch of junk science? And then also, um, how can people know that they're getting good stuff? With, with so much on the market and you're not always knowing where it's coming from? Well, I think that's where certification comes in and that's where regulation comes in. And that's mm -hmm. why the FDA is important. We like to hate on the FDA and there's good reasons to, to bash the FDA over various things. But at the same time, they are an agency that that's going to regulate this product. That's just the bottom line. And it needs to be regulated correctly. And brands need to make sure that their labels are correct. And that if they say there's a thousand milligrams in the bottle, that there's a thousand milligrams in the bottle. And the FDA is definitely going to come, come after you. If you're making claims, you cannot make claims. Supplement companies, can't make claims. Echinacea can't make claims. Like you just can't make claims. Right. And so if you are making claims, then those companies need to be, you know, slapped on the wrist. They need to be fined or they need to be put out of business if they're bad actors. It puts a black eye yeah, on the industry. Is, it is a black eye. So the and as a consumer, you wanna you wanna find products that are certified. And so there there is USDA certified organic. CBD out there. And if you can buy that, you should, you should be pretty confident that you're going to get a good product because if they, if the company's gone through the process of getting certified USDA organic, they're a legitimate company. There's also a certification within our industry called the hemp authority. And if you're, you're hemp authority certified, you've gone through a pretty rigorous, um, uh, program to get your product certified there's you know you got to go through and this 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 and this and this you get i'll get all these boxes checked and so it's a legitimate certification process that the industry has now come up with and i don't know how many brands are certified through that but i would say that companies that go the extra mile and get certifications are probably going to have products that are legitimate products and they're not snake oil 
Yeah. And, and it makes sense too. You kind of, you're ingesting this, you know, you sort of get what you pay for. It's like, you know, would you buy gas station sushi? Right. You know, I mean, maybe it depends on how hungry I am, but you know, the same thing. Should people get their CBD from a gas station? Probably not. Yeah, maybe, probably not though, right? <laughs> Unless it's- there's a lot of there's a lot of CBD that's in these gas station products that's actually not naturally de- derived CBD. It's all synthetic. Wow. So that's something else, and it's and it needs to be notated on the bottle that mm-hmm. these are hemp derived or cannabis derived cannabinoids, because if they're synthetic, then then that stuff's going to flood the market. It already is. And it's really cheap. I think, I think consumers have to be a little skeptical, a little healthy dose of skepticism before they buy anything or believe any claim. And I'm not just talking about buying CBD. I mean, I'm, I see people all the time on social media that are sharing things out that they didn't take just a minute to check and make sure because it looks real and it sounds real and they share it out there. And then someone else, because it looks real and it sounds real, they share it. And all of a sudden you've got, you know, junk science or fake news being shared by people. And I think if I could give one PSA, it's just, you know, as a consumer, as a, as a person, look into what you're consuming, look into what you're sharing, you know, check the sources. Um, Certification is huge and being able to see a, you know, a COA or something like that is something that I think consumers, you know, have a right to expect from their product. Otherwise, you know, same thing as memes, sharing them and stuff like that. It's buyer beware. Totally agree. There is a lot of crap that's shared out there. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what's, what's, um, Let's talk hemp. Let's talk hemp state of the state. Um, where where do you see things going for the rest of this year, uh, especially with us being in the middle of a pandemic? I would say, and this is optimism. Yeah, speaking, with the optimistic crystal ball. It is the optimistic crystal <laughs> ball that we get into summertime mm-hmm. and that things begin to open up and travel starts to happen in restaurants and the social distancing becomes a little bit lightened because we've made it through the wave and we've flattened the curve and the curve's going down. And whether there is a vaccine or there is a medication that comes out that that significantly reduces the symptoms of this virus, like a Theraflu for COVID-19 and our lives start to get back to normal gatherings start to happen between conferences, trade shows, Disneyland opening up um, concerts and we get back into normal society. Um, Through all this, I think that the cannabis industry dispensaries, people will be continuing to to buy cannabis and and use it for medicine and use it recreationally. I don't think that the cannabis industry is going to get hurt that bad. The hemp industry, I think that we're growing out on farms anyway. People, farmers are going to be planting regardless. So I think that things will be business somewhat as usual. I think that a lot of the brands and people that there will be some some people go out of business because of this for sure. Um, but I am optimistic that when the dust settles on the other side, that we're going to come out of this stronger in the long run. 
Yeah, I agree. It seems like anytime uh, uh, we face a crisis, you know, we face some kind of a, a really incredible challenge. It also presents an opportunity for people to come together and bring out their best, you know, bring out their, you know, like you said before, they're resourceful. Like we've, we've been dealing with challenges in the industry for a really, really long time. This just happens to be a particularly different one. And it's up to us to figure out, you know, how to come together so that we do come out the other side stronger and better. And there, I mean, it's going to be tough. Um, and you're right. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, there are going to be some companies that go out of business and things like that. But hopefully um, we do use this opportunity to come together because I, I always feel like when we're united, we can do anything. When we're divided and split up and stuff like that, it's like we can't even get out of our own way. I couldn't agree more. So um, the events, the event space, do you think that there's going to be more uh, online events moving forward even after the, uh, the stay at home order is lifted? I would say yes, because it's not like there can't be a relapse of this. And uh -huh. we have to be prepared for maybe this drags out for our, a few years. And, that, you know, all of a sudden here it comes again in, in wintertime. And it's, maybe it's COVID-20 or 21 or whatever. I don't know that what comes after this. So I think that we have to be prepared to for a variety of different things that could come our way. Yeah. It's just something that we didn't have to have in our toolbox before, but now we do. Yes. As businesses, as events, you know, as everything like that. Um, can we talk for a minute about Silver Mountain Hemp Guitars? Because I think I saw an article with you in an issue of one of my favorite tech magazines. It's called Cannabis and Tech Today. Uh, and you were holding a guitar and uh, the magazine is freaking amazing. I like it. I mean, I'm just saying I kind of dig it. Picked up a copy at Barnes and Nobles. I opened it up. I started flipping through. I saw you. I saw a guitar. Tell our audience, uh, is this guitar made out of hemp? Yes, we've got several guitars that are made out of hemp. So the, the one that's in that article, I think that was the blue SG that I was holding. And that's a uh, that's SG kind of knockoff our, our the guitars that we're going to be making are all kind of our own custom design so that's not like a blatant hey that's a strat that's a <laughs> sg that's a telecaster um although there's a lot of that knockoff stuff out there um we're gonna move away from that now that we're we're figuring out how to scale up and actually commercialize this and be able to knock out 50 to 100 guitars in 2020 hopefully we produced about six or seven of them in the last year, year and a half. So now I've got it down where I think that we can finally scale these things. Dude, that is so cool. So what, I mean, in layman's terms, how do you turn hemp into a guitar? So what the, the one that was in the article in your magazine, uh -huh. which is great magazine, by the way, great magazine, <laughs> um, that is a hemp, composite shell so you basically take a hemp fiber and you compress it with an eco binder and it, and it just becomes a small thin it's probably about a third of an inch thick or so and it's it's molded all the way around a wood core and the the guys that have been making these for the last several years have done a great job and we're going to continue that model but we've got a new way of making guitars and we're using a hemp wood there's a hemp wood company out of kentucky 
tempwood.com and they're making flooring and cabinetry and a variety of things and we're taking about a quarter inch of that hemp wood wrapping it around a hemp particle board it's all 100 percent hemp body and that's what we're going to be scaling up with and we're also making guitar cabinets we're going to be making combo amps we're going to be releasing a combo amp here in the next 30 to 60 days i'll send you a sell sheet that we just put out on it that's that's so cool so the um these aren't the kind of guitars you'd want to see a rock and roller smashing up on stage right there's a lot of love that goes into these bad boys no, i mean these are they're two to three thousand dollar guitars so you're not going to want to smash one unless you're you know, Pete Townsend, and you've got all the money in the world. You still like to smash guitars. Balling on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, dude, I, I just think this, I think this is so cool. I think the hemp industry is, is one of the coolest uh, things that we've got going on right now. I mean, there's all kinds of, of uh, breakthroughs and innovations happening in tech. I mean, we've got blockchain and we've got, you know, uh, there, there's all these different areas that are growing, you know, esports are, are, are going to become massive uh, video communication. And there's all these different areas, cannabis, but to me, hemp is one of the coolest because it really ties in sustainability and innovation uh, it wrapped up into one and it just seems like the, the growth is going to be, uh, unlimited. I hope so. I think it can be a game changer for our planet. If we embrace this crop and we really work on trying to go organic and regenerative, I think that we're going to need to make that leap as a species and, and realize that our agricultural system and, and monocropping and spraying everything with pesticides and chemicals that run off into the streams and into the lakes and into the oceans and create this acidification, that stuff, we have to stop doing that. Otherwise, we're just not going to exist at some point, not that far down the road. Yeah. Well, I, 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 and I think him can lead the way for getting there and, and bring this uh, change in awareness. Uh, we have to make this shift as a species in the coming decades. It's like the, it's like the hemp era, you know, it's like uh, you can, you can see that being an important uh, 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 part of our evolution with, with technology and innovation. And I just got one question. Why is it that it's just now being, so big and and so realized here when hemp has been around you know forever right and they've used it in all kinds of different countries and different places and things like that was it for a moment was like prohibition against hemp worldwide i wouldn't i don't think so but i really think that in the 1930s with the marijuana tax act when it became prohibited that it's yeah, it had an impact across the world. China has continued to grow up forever in a lot of places in Asia, but um, you know, Europe didn't get into it back until the nineties and then Canada until the late nineties. So we just lost 60, 70, 80 years worth of technology, innovation development around this crop. Right. Because it wasn't being grown. You know, corn was soy was, and you know, now we've got, millions and millions and millions of acres of that. Right. But it's all monocropped and it's all GMO and you know, hopefully him doesn't go that way. We don't want to see that. Yeah. Well, 
Mo, it's a pleasure having you here on Cannabis Tech Talks. I always love chopping it up with you. Can you let our audience know where they can find out more, uh, where they can reach out to you or find out more to get involved with the NoCo Hemp Expo or, you know, just give, let them know how they can, uh, how they can get a hold of you. Well, you can go to morrisbeagle.com. That's one place. You can go to nocohempexpo.com, letstalkhemp.com, <laughs> and wafba.org. So if you go to wafba, W-A-F-B-A.org, that has links to all those places right off there. Perfect. And we will keep our audience, uh, uh, we'll let them know, keep them in the loop as far as uh, when the next event is going to be. But you said tentatively we're set for August? We are set for August, but we're going to have the NOCO Hemp Expo Earth Week virtual conference and trade show kicking off on April 22nd, which is the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. That is so cool. And that's this month. So uh, we'll make sure we get that out to our audience as well, put it out in the newsletter and give them a chance to participate. Mo, awesome. it has been a pleasure, my friend. I really enjoy getting to chat with you. You know so much about the industry. You're a cool cat. And thank you so much for coming to this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Right on. Thanks, man. Keep doing what you do and spreading the good word. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, joining us today, talking with Mo Beagle. Uh, do me a favor. If you like this podcast, go ahead and, and click the like button and share um, and uh, make sure that you follow us on social media. Check out our newsletter. We're always bringing you the biggest and the best in the cannabis and the hemp industry. And we really appreciate you guys tuning in today. So uh, take care and we will see you on another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks.